Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Capes and Japes. Um, it's me, your host, Olivia, and also a real ghost. Hi. <laughs> it's me, a real ghost. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, buddy. It's okay. Sometimes your nephew brings home a, a cold from school and you work for six days in a row and you just... You you just get replaced just, by a ghost. You're just going through it, you know? It's okay, I've got my hot honey water, which will hopefully help. <laughs> I believe in you. Um, anyways, uh, today on Capes and Japes, we're doing another installment of How Did We Go 250 Episodes Without Talking About This Person? Um, I can't believe we haven't of... talked about this man before. I can't believe we haven't talked about this man. You guys heard of Professor X? Y'all ever heard of Charles Xavier? <laughs> I actually, so this time I actually remembered to message Briar and be like, who should we talk about? Instead of just having an idea and researching it and forgetting to mention like, hey, maybe we should talk about this person. Um, and Briar was like, have we done Professor X? And I was like, we've definitely done Professor X. We hadn't. We hadn't done. We hadn't talked about him. Well, my first thought was, we could always throw another dart at the X-Men dartboard. And then I was yes. like, hold on a second. <laughs> there's a big old, there's a big old bullseye right in the center of the X-Men dartboard that we have not hit. <laughs> And it's it's called it's the man himself, the king of the X-Men. I like how we've done Magneto and several very much more obscure X-Men <laughs> before we ever did <laughs> Professor X. So many more obscure X-Men. I mean, it's hard because you're like, we've surely talked about this man before. We've talked about so many X-Men. Yes. Obviously, we must have done an episode about him. But no, he just comes up a lot. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird how often he comes up. It's it's whack how often he is featured in other X-Men's adventures and storylines. We did a whole episode on just the X-Men. And we still haven't done. Oh, we've done all of the original X-Men, I think. Have we? Did we do Angel? I, we might not have done Angel. We've done most of the original X-Men. Maybe we do Angel <laughs> next week. Maybe we do Angel just to get it out of the way so we can say we've done all of the original X-Men. We've done all of the New Mutants. We've talked about so many guys, but not this guy. This motherfucker um <laughs> god uh professor professor charles xavier a real motherfucker um, <laughs> was uh created by stanley and jack kirby um for the uh very first issue of the original x-men uh, in 1963. Um, so in, uh, this first issue, it starts out with the premise of, you know, this introducing the idea of mutants, of this school for mutants that Professor X runs, um, the fact that Professor X is an extremely, uh, powerful telepath, um, an older bald man in a wheelchair um and that he is uh the leader of the x-men of this team of students that he's assembled um the original team of five students being uh cyclops gene gray iceman beast and angel um and He's, like, he's the leader in that he has, like, organized them and he, you know, sends them out on missions. Um, but he doesn't 
join them on the missions uh, because he's an old man in a wheelchair. Um, so he can't do a lot of fighting. It, unless it's in the mindscape. Yes, un unless if it is a, a battle in the psychic realm, um, then he's uh, got it. He's good to go. Um, if, if anyone tries to, you know, take him by surprise and, you know, hit or shoot or punch or kick or bite him, uh, there's not a lot he can do about that. <laughs> um, I mean, he can get in vulnerable. their brain and tell them no. I mean, he can get, yeah, he can get in their brain and tell them no. Um, but what if they're wearing a big helmet? <laughs> that is true. He can't get through that big helmet. He can't get through that big helmet. Also, you know, sometimes, uh, when you're having superhero fights, there's a lot of what would be described in D&D &D terms as difficult terrain, um, and you'd probably need, you know, your telekinetic student to, like, fly your wheelchair around everywhere, which they have done, um... So it's not impossible, but y y you know, there's a lot. There's a lot of challenges that make it probably uh, the more ideal situation is for Professor X to be kind of organizing things, and the teens do the fighting. Um, kind of fucked up that this old man has teens fighting for him. Hey, kind of fucked up a lot of things that this old man does. Is the moral of the episode the? <laughs> I'm I'm gonna uh, I mean I don't think this we've talked about Professor X before I don't think this is a surprise um I mean it's also very much canon uh Professor X I think is an interesting character and a compelling character um but boy oh boy does he fuck a lot of stuff up he makes so many bad decisions he loves to make bad decisions. And then he keeps doing it. Bestie. Sometimes um, you just fuck off into space and leave your best friend slash enemy in charge of all your kids. <laughs> your best friend of me. And then he adopts all your kids. Um, yeah. Uh, so it, he is, as mentioned, uh, a telepath. I think... I think a lot of this is information that most people know already because it's Professor X. Um, but he is a telepath. He's uh, an Omega-level mutant. Once, like, the concept of Omega-level mutants are introduced, I think it's, like, pretty much immediately established that Professor X is one, um, which is just, like, the top, like, the highest-ranking tier of power uh in terms of I, they also they don't have like other ones it's just omega level mutants and then regular mutants um but omega level mutants are like mutants with some s breaching kind of like omnipotence in some aspect um and Professor X is one because of his uh, extremely powerful telepathic abilities uh, where he can, uh, you know, read thoughts, project thoughts, take over people's brains, like rewire their memories, um, like teach people information, like change what people are like perceiving in front of them. Um do, you know, Jedi mind tricks, um, like, basic, basically, you know, all, all of the, the whole suite of telepathic abilities that, that any telepath has ever been able to do. Um, Emma Frost is also an Omega level telepath, and I think has on some occasions, uh, been around Xavier's level, and, uh, Jean Grey is also, you know, stated to have, like, the potential to be more powerful than Xavier, and then, you know, normally when she, like, gets to be extremely powerful, she gets evil, 
because of comics. Um, but like th those are the other kind of significant mutants who are like at that level. But like generally, if you want a telepath for something, you got to go to Professor X. Um, which is why he gets like brought on to the uh, <laughs> the Illuminati. Um, which is the, like, the <laughs> fucking, the top secret organization of just real douchebags. Super powered men, mostly. Men, mostly. Oh, maybe entirely. Um, T'Challa is on it and is, like, the most normal guy there, but it's, like, Reed Richards and Tony Stark. He's the most normal Namor, guy there, but also he is the leader of a sovereign nation. So yeah, it would kind of be weird yeah. for him to not be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Professor X is there as like kind of the you know resident telepath and also representative of mutant kind. Uh, and he, you know, and they all make <laughs> terrible decisions. For everybody else, because they're like, we're the smartest guys here. We get to make all the decisions. God, it's <laughs> infuriating. They decide, they they send Hulk into space. And Professor X isn't there when they send Hulk into space, but then they tell him about it later, and he was like, yeah, I also would have voted to send Hulk into space. They're like, hey, like, we sent Hulk into guys. space. And he's like, yeah, that's a good choice. That's a good choice. I'm glad, I'm glad you guys all made that choice and didn't fucking consult anybody else on it great job um anyways <laughs> the um backstory for uh professor x um some of this is established like relatively early on like in you know the within the original x-men comics um even before the uh, sort of reboot-ish in, like, the 70s where they introduce, you know, Wolverine and Storm and, like, kind of the, the Chris Claremont era of X-Men. Um, what, uh, what is originally established about him um, is that uh, his family is extremely wealthy. Um, the... Uh, a mansion that he eventually turns into, you know, the Xavier School is his family house that he inherited. Um, when he is a child, um, his father, who is a uh, scientist, like a nuclear physicist, dies in an accident uh, under somewhat mysterious circumstances. <laughs> um... And his, uh, partner of his, like, you know, research partner, um, steps in and ends up, uh, marrying his mother in what I feel is just, like, such a trope at this point. Like, if, if, hey, if you're a scientist and you're working with another scientist, you gotta be on high alert for that dude falling in love with your wife and trying to marry her. I feel like this keeps happening. Um, but, uh, he is, I'm not sure if he's initially suspicious, um, of him, but once, you know, Charles hits puberty, um, as with most mutants, his, like, mutant powers start to emerge, and he is able to, uh, read this man's thoughts. His name is Kurt Marco. Um, the, his father's former lab partner, um, read this man's thoughts and discover that he, uh, was responsible for his father's accent, accident, um, and he, uh, is basically just, like, trying to, like, take his, his mother's fortune. Um, Marco also has a, uh, son whose name is Cain. Um, who moves in with them after, um, Marco marries, uh, Mrs. Xavier. Her name's, I believe, Sharon? Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Sharon Xavier. 
Um, and, uh, after they get married, uh, Kurt Marco turns out to be, uh, like, abusive towards, uh, Sharon, but especially towards, uh, Charles and Kane. Um, I'm not, I'm not laughing because this is funny. Um, you're laughing because his name is Kane. I'm laughing because his name is, uh, Kane Marco, and, uh, there's, there's a, there's a reveal that I'm getting to, if you're not already aware of this. Um, but, uh, so it's, you know, an abusive household. Kane is also, like, Charles is dealing with, like, his powers, with, like, you know, getting, like, Kurt Marco's thoughts and also, like, uh, you know, Kane's, like, thoughts and, like, feelings and responses to the abuse, um, and, you know, Kane is, like, kind of, like, taking it out on Charles, who is, like, younger and weaker than him, um, it just, uh, sucks for everybody. Uh, Sharon dies, I believe she gets sick, um, I, she dies of, you know, unknown comics mom disease, um, and, uh, Charles and Kane get into a fight in Marco's lab that uh ends up causing a fire in the house um and uh Marco in his sort of last act like manages to get the two boys to safety uh and then dies um Kane Marco <laughs> Goes on to become the supervillain Juggernaut. <laughs> um, who is not a mutant, which is extremely weird given that he is, like, primarily an X-Men villain and, uh, like, almost all villains who are, like, heavily associated with the X-Men are also mutants or, like, you know, people who hate mutants. Um, and he's on the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, but he is not a mutant. He gets his juggernaut powers from a, like, a cursed ruby that he finds. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I do love that for him, for sure. Um, but, uh, he, um, he obviously you know if you have heard of juggernaut he becomes um a recurring x-men villain as well as you know a villain for some other characters um but on a few occasions he and you, you know he and xavier have well one he's been you know mad and resentful towards xavier about everything that happened when they were kids but they have in more recent years, there have been moments where they kind of, like, talked it out, and I think there's been at least one kind of juggernaut redemption arc, um, though I, I don't, I don't know if that lasts or not, uh, but that's a, um, that's, (laughs) that's one fun connection, um, in, uh, Charles Xavier's past, um, but after this, with his parents dead, he goes on to, uh, you know, uh, excel in school. Um, he goes to college, uh, to, uh, Bard College, (laughs) somewhat, uh, famously, there's, like, if you, if you go to Bard College in real life, they have, like, little, like, uh, like, X-Men sort of, like, markers, around and be like, yeah, X-Men went here. <laughs> um, he, uh, gets multiple PhDs, um, at Oxford. Um, he's, like, notably in, uh, genetics and psychology. Um, he, uh, he does, <laughs> he does lose his hair, like, in his late teens, as a result of his powers, like, just the sheer force of the psychic energy emanating from his brain at all times, um, causes him to, to go bald, 
uh, he, um, also while he's studying, um, he meets a, uh, young woman named, uh, Moira, uh, when he first meets her, uh, she is going by her maiden name, but she later gets married, um, to a man named Joseph McTaggart, um, and keeps his last name even after they're no longer to- I mean, it's fine. Like, obviously, you can, you know, do whatever you want. Um, but, uh, he meets Moira, and she becomes a, um, significant love interest for him in his youth, um, and then he, like, leaves, um, for the army, he, like, Professor X, uh, served in the Korean War, um, and she gets married to somebody else, um, they kind of lose touch, and then they reconnect later on, and Moira becomes a, uh, recurring sort of X-Men ally, um, she's a geneticist, she sets up a base on, uh, Muir Island, where she does, you know, various genetics experiments, and, like, the X-Men go to her for help with science questions, um, and she remains, like, I think she and Charles kind of rekindle their romance, like, a few different times, um, but she continues to be, like, a very important connection in his life. Um, the, uh, recent, uh, Hoxpox, Hoxpox Docs, Krakoa stuff has massively, uh, recontextualized the whole Charles and Moira situation. Um, but hopefully we can get to that at least briefly at the end of this episode. Um, this is also, like, part of the thing about Professor X is that, like, obviously he has been present and played, like, a pretty major role in basically every single thing the X-Men have ever done. Um, so to talk about his comic book history would largely just be explaining every single thing the X-Men have ever done, and we can't do that, so... We're going to get the backstory, and we're going to get some highlights, probably. <laughs> um, he, um, also has a, uh, a significant encounter, um, in his pre-X-Men days, um, with a young Magneto, before he, you know, was known as Magneto, um, and a... A woman named, uh, Gabrielle Haller, um, and he meets the two of them because, uh, uh, Magneto is volunteering at a, like, clinic for Holocaust survivors, and Gabrielle is a Holocaust survivor, um, and he helps Gabrielle work through her trauma and uh uh Charles Charles Xavier helps Gabrielle work through her trauma uh and they fall in love they have a a relatively brief like romantic relationship um and while this is going on he's also you know uh becoming very close with Magneto <laughs> um I love the way and... you said close there he is, he close. is, beca I mean, textually, he is just becoming normal, close, good friends with Magneto. But also, you know how these two are. Um, there's so much. There's so much. And they do have, you know, uh, d they don't reveal to each other that they're both mutants at first, but they, like, talk about, like you know, mutants and their thoughts on mutants, uh, and then Gabrielle gets kidnapped by Hydra, and they have to work together to save her, and they reveal, like, oh, by the way, we're both mutants. Um, and although they rescue Gabrielle, 
over the course of this, um, Magneto decides that uh, Charles's methods are not going to work. Uh, you know, like he's too uh, he's he's too wishy washy. He wants, you know, you know, the crux of their whole kind of dynamic is that Magneto thinks that Charles is, you know, too dedicated to uh, mutants like assimilating with humans and like living in harmony and convincing humans that, you know, they don't have to be afraid of mutants. Um, and Magneto is like, that's never going to work. And also they should be afraid of us. <laughs> um, so I'm leaving to go do my own thing. Um, I love how like every, <laughs> every revolution is like this. <laughs> Every, every time. Just it, it just history repeating itself. It, people are like looking at civil rights movements and just like, what if we made this about two dudes with superpowers? <laughs> people will get it, right? What if this was two old men who had superpowers? Um Gabrielle ends up uh pregnant also with uh charles's son which charles is unaware of how um, many you know, sons they... <laughs> how, how many by god how many freaking sons um and uh gabrielle's son david um also develops mutant powers uh and becomes the um <laughs> extremely problematic in more ways than one mutant legion um who shows up many years later and just really kind of wrecks the x-men's whole shop i mean in a bunch of different situations he has a lot going on he has he has some of the most going on he also this is like also kind of funny to me um, Charles, um, we all know Charles is, uh, in a wheelchair. Um, he, uh, loses the use of his legs, um, because, uh, an alien named Lucifer drops a big rock on him. Not the um, war he served in. <laughs> not in the war he was in. Not in the war he was in, not, you know, when he and Magneto were, like, fighting Nazis. He just, like, I don't think he's even looking for this alien. He encounters this alien named Lucifer, who's, like, a scout sent to, like, spy on Earth to take it over. And he, the alien drops a big rock on him. Which is, like, extremely wild now. Um, Maybe when, like, maybe... When Stan Lee and Jack Kirby came up with this, they were uh, convinced that this alien named Lucifer was going to be, like, the big X-Men enemy or something like that. Um, <laughs> it's because... just, it's it's very wild. Like, and obviously in real life, things happen all the time that aren't, you know, you can have huge events happen to you that also aren't connected to something else in your life with, like, narrative significance. But in comics, that doesn't really happen. <laughs> Just, like, he didn't, like, get in a car accident. He didn't have, like, some sort of uh, neurological disorder that, you know, made him... Ha you lose major... <laughs> I cannot speak today. That's <laughs> fine. He didn't have some sort of, like, medical condition that, you know, a wheelchair was easier for him to use, or he lost use of his legs, or, no, an alien named Lucifer <laughs> dropped a rock on him. Dropped a big, big rock on him. Um, is, yeah, I, I like the, um, I like the version of this. Not to be an X-Men first class apologist. I like the version of this in X-Men first class where it's like, you know, part of him and like, uh, you know, Magneto having like their big falling out and uh, it's, act it's Magneto's fault. Like Magneto deflects a bullet into him by accident, 
But that's like, you know, oh, yeah, like, th- like, there we go. Like, that's like, ooh, powerful drama. This is just, it's just sort of wrong place, wrong time, buddy, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, like that alien could have dropped damn. a rock on anybody. <laughs> um, but, uh, from that point on, he is, uh, paralyzed from the waist down and he uses a wheelchair. Um, although sometimes he I does have a hover chair. Sometimes he does have a hover chair. Also, this man some, has a money. Few times, yeah. Um, occasionally he's uh not in a wheelchair um for comics books reasons for comics books reasons um not real world reasons where like oh i'm an ambulatory wheelchair user no 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 that would be that would be too normal it's got to <laughs> be comics books reasons got to be comics books reasons like i fixed my spine somehow yeah um, so, I can't, we've spent so much time just talking about the backstory stuff. <laughs> um, anyways, obviously, um, after all this, uh, Professor X forms a school dedicated to, uh, teaching young mutants, helping them, you know, control their powers and, uh, exist in the world. Um, he, as a public-facing figure for a long time, like, um, Professor X is, like, publicly known as, like, you know, the person who runs this school and as, like, a mutant advocate, but it is not, like, public knowledge that he is a mutant. Um, or that the school is until- for mutants. <laughs> <laughs> um... Until, like, 2001, I think, that gets revealed to everybody. Um, And, you know, a bunch of people are, like, real mad about it because of, you know, the way things are. Um, I feel like to bring, you know, another pop culture reference, it would be, like, if wizards were known to be, like, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. J.K. Turf rolling. um, Yes. If... Wizards were known to be a thing, and people are like, oh yeah, Dumbledore, <laughs> the wizard advocate. Also, he runs yeah. a, a totally normal school that you have to be invited to. Yeah, you know, normal stuff. Um, I believe Scott Summers is uh, his first student, um, and one of, uh, obviously... Charles has extremely significant relationships with a lot of the X-Men. One of the most significant ones is with uh, Scott, who has a lot of loyalty to Professor X, and in a lot of situations would be the one to be like, no, guys, it's fine. Like, I'm sure the professor has a plan. Like, we should listen to and trust him. Um... So so when Charles fucks up bad enough that Scott gets mad at him, it's like, you know it's real bad. <laughs> you know he really fucked up. Um, also, uh, you know, obviously his relationship uh, with Gene as, like, another telepath where he is kind of, you know, helping her to control her powers and not be afraid of them, and then that also doesn't go very well. Um, he has, like, sort of a complicated thing, um, with Wolverine, where it's, like, Wolverine shows up and is sort of, like, uh, kind of brainwashed and feral, and, like, Professor X, like, psychically, like, reprograms him but it's kind you know that's kind of a questionable thing um and also like like come on professor what if you liked being feral yeah um like it's also sort of implied to stated that he was like you know like largely interested in like bringing Wolverine on to the X-Men to do, like, DPS. Um, so it's 
because you know they needed a tank, you know. Um, yeah. No, I guess not. I guess not a tank. What? They needed a DPS. Um, I mean, look, he he is a tank. His hit points are unlimited. He has. Yeah, he does have unlimited hit points. That's true. Um. So, uh, you know, kind of a uh. As with a lot of things with Professor X, there's kind of an element of manipulation there um, that colors a lot of how they interact with each other. Um, like, did I want to join this school or did you make me want to join this school? Hmm? Mm, yes. Hmm? Hmm. Hmm. Um, he also um, builds... Uh, Cerebro, which also I think like everybody is aware of, which is a um a device that enhances his telepathic abilities so he can uh detect mutants like across the world um and is able to tell when you know to find them and help like bring them to the school or like rescue them if they're in trouble um they also build, I don't know if, um, I don't know if Charles builds it, um, but they have, like, a, uh, danger room at the school, which is, like, a, uh, basically they run, like, simulated, you know, battle drills in, and it can, like, project, like, holograms of different, like, environments and stuff, um, in like the 2000s another fun uh <laughs> another another fun uh Charles Xavier takes an L um in the 2000s i think it's in Joss Whedon's astonishing x-men run um it's revealed that over time the danger room has like gained sentience as like an artificial intelligence um and professor x not only didn't tell anybody this but basically like kept it trapped there and running simulations <laughs> um which everyone's mad about and then she turns into an evil robot lady and tries to kill them because she's so mad about what happened and they're like well that's fair that's fair of her you know what <laughs> um he um has the <laughs> um so he goes to space. Um, so there's this um, alien species, one of kind of the major recurring alien species in the Marvel Universe called the Shi'ar, um, who are humanoid aliens with some bird features. Um, and they're... Um, one of their rulers uh Lilandra um somehow is able to like psychically reach out to Professor X um like across you know the distant reaches of space um because uh she needs help stopping her brother um who is uh like evil and trying to take over the empire um and he agrees and they meet and they fall in love um and uh on like several different occasions he goes into space with her and lives in this like bird space empire as her like prince consort <laughs> i mean good for him like, good for him. Like, I'm not kink-shaming Professor X, for sure. It's just such a bizarre element. They're like, what if he gets a bird wife? They're like, hey, you know what Professor X has been missing is a space bird wife. Let's just pull into some old folklore here. Give a man a bird wife. Give a man a bird wife, but like the new updated sci-fi version. Yeah, it's gotta be in um, space. It's got it's gotta be in space, and she's gotta be uh you know, infinitely more physically powerful than he is. Um I think he's like in space when the Dark Phoenix stuff starts happening. 
Um, and then he comes back to Earth. Uh, and that causes some problems in uh, his relationship with his wife. Uh, because, like, Gene, uh, Dark Phoenix Gene, like, blows up a planet that's, like, part of the Shi'ar Empire. And uh, the Shi'ar, like, kill her. And Charles is like, well, hold, hold, hold on. Trying to figure something out here. <laughs> he um, also at some point gets um, kidnapped by a different group of aliens called the Brood. Um, this is in the 80s. This is happening when uh, New Mutants is happening, unbeknownst to the New Mutants. He, get ki- he gets kidnapped by aliens called the Brood. Um, and he's like, and- Magneto, please take care of my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Magneto, I'm dealing with some stuff. Um, they like uh, secretly they implant Xavier with one of their eggs, so he's like secretly being controlled by them. Um, and again, he's, like not kink shaming, not not kink shaming anybody in this situation. Um, he's like. And it turns out that he was, like, under their control when he formed the New Mutants, and he was actually trying to, like, collect them to also be, like, hosts to the Brood. Um, and he, uh, the, like, egg hatches, um, and, like, kills him, but they manage to... Like, somehow his, like, his consciousness is, like, attached to, like, the alien that hatches. So they manage to make a clone body for him to put his consciousness into, I think. And then his clone body fucks off into space with his bird wife. And he's like, bye, Magneto, take care of my kids. Peace. He, um, he runs around having, like, a bunch of space adventures. Um, with, uh, with the Shi'ar and also the, um, the Star Jammers, who are, like, a fun, a fun little space crew, um, like a space, like a space pirate team, um, at some point when he, uh, comes back to Earth, he, uh, gets paralyzed again. Was it another alien throwing a big rock on him? Another, it's, it's whack, man. These aliens just keep throwing rocks at this man. Um, no, this, this time it's the Shadow King. (laughs) It's this freaking guy. It's like, at least, like, he had encountered the Shadow King before when he was younger. Um, well, who doesn't encounter the Shadow King when they're younger? (laughs) We all encounter the Shadow King in our own time. Yes, yes, Um, the Shadow King. We've all met him. Carry on. (laughs) <laughs> We've all met him. <laughs> um, so he's um back in a wheelchair for a while. Um, he uh he and Magneto accidentally form an incredibly evil psychic entity called Onslaught. Um, cause uh Magneto is in one of his real villain eras. And, uh, rips all of the adamantium out of Logan's bones. Um, that's just and, rude. Uh, it's quite rude of him. Uh, and Charles gets so mad about it that he, like, psychically, he, like, brain blasts Magneto and leaves him catatonic. Um, and then he feels really bad about doing it. Um, and then, uh, like, something about, like, the residual, it, it, I mean, it's weird. It's a weird psychic thing. Like, the residual psychic energy of Magneto and also, like, the darkness within, like, Professor X somehow manifest into, like, a psychically generated but, like, real physical being called Onslaught, which just starts destroying stuff. As you, I mean, it's called Onslaught, so, yeah. like, I can, yeah, I can imagine. Obviously. Um, they're able to stop him. Um, Professor X, like, turns himself in, 
for it, I think. And he is, uh, I think he loses his powers temporarily and he's like in prison, but he, whatever, they let him go or something. Um, (laughs) they're like, well, he doesn't even have his powers anymore. What's the point? What's even the point of keeping this guy here? Oh, he just keeps saying annoying stuff. He just keeps quoting Um, Shakespeare and I hate it. I hate it. Um, in the, in the 2000s, um, it's revealed that he has an evil twin named Cassandra Nova, who, uh, he was, um, he, he ate him in the womb, like, (laughs) yeah, unless there's um, another evil twin that I don't know about. No, 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 this, this, this is the evil twin. Um, they, uh... They had a psychic battle in the womb. (laughs) They had a psychic battle in the womb, which which she instigated because she was evil, because she was an evil baby. But Charles won. Um, This evil, evil fetus. uh, This evil, evil fetus. Win Um, for conservatives. This fetus is evil. Um, and, uh, then she, like, she is, like, seemingly stillborn, but, like, manages to survive through just, like, sheer psychic energy and rage, um, and grows up and decides, uh, to just ruin, uh, Professor X's whole shop, um, where she, she, like, basically like switches their bodies like manages to psychically switch her consciousness with uh professor x's and then pretends to be him this is when she like reveals to everybody uh she like does the press conference where she's like i'm charles xavier and i've been a mutant this whole time and everybody's like wow um i feel like the only thing I I just want like Emma to walk just like I feel like something's up goes over to the school and's like that's not Charles that's that's not I'm Charles. not doing anything about it though I want to see how this plays out I'm gonna go get some popcorn <laughs> yeah I actually I support her Gaslight Gatekeep Girl Boss um this gives her like so a psychic is- wink yeah um. If you are keeping track, this is the um, third person related to Charles Xavier in some way who becomes a major X-Men enemy. Um, and uh, Cassandra is probably the, the worst out of all of them because she is responsible for the uh, massive mutant genocide that happens on Genosha. Um, so... You know, if some if you meet somebody who is uh if you're an X Men, you meet somebody who's supposedly related to Professor X. Do not interact. Just leave. Just leave. Just get out of there. Um. In fact, just don't be involved with Professor X. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Honestly, if you're a mutant, go somewhere else. Don't 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 go to that guy's school. Don't be on that guy's team. Just go do, you know, go to Emma's school or something. Like, Emma's not great, but she's straightforward about it. At least, like, you know that she's evil and probably manipulating you. Yeah. Um. Like, if you were like, Miss Emma, are you manipulating us? She'd be like, hell yeah, is it working? Fuck yeah, I love to do that. If you, like, if you go, like... Professor X, you manipulated me. He's gonna be like, but I had to do. You don't understand. It was so important for mutant kind that I lie to you and gaslight you. It was really important, and now I'm sad. I'm an old man, and I'm sad about it. Like, oh my god, this guy. <laughs> um, and Scott's like, look, he already said he's an old man, and he's sad about it. Can't you just accept that? <laughs> it's like, well, he never said <laughs> he's so sorry. Old. Um, during, um, House of M, um, Professor X disappears. Um, he, uh, he doesn't, 
there's in in the House of M universe, like when uh Scarlet Witch rewrites reality, so like mutants are in charge, um, and her family is the most powerful mutants. There's like a grave for Professor X, but they um like dig it up and discover that there's no body in the grave. Uh, but then when they restore the universe to normal, they still don't know where Professor X is, and they can't find him anywhere. Probably space with his bird wife. Probably he just went to space with his bird wife again. Um, every time, every time I just think of that, the one panel from, I think it was in Inferno, but it was one of the Krakoa comics I was reading on my, uh, on my Doug, Douglock spiral. Where he's like, oh, don't worry, Douglas, my boy, it'll be fine. Just like the time you died while I was in space having <laughs> sex with a bird lady. Yeah. It's like, there's probably a lot of mutants who have a certain degree of resentment towards Professor X for that specifically. Yep. Um, he, um, he comes back. I don't know if it's um, like necessarily explained how he comes back. Um, but he comes back, he, like, <laughs> reveals that there was, like, another secret X-Men team he formed. So, like, when the original five X-Men got kidnapped by Krakoa, and he formed the new X-Men team that had Wolverine and Storm and Colossus and those guys on it. In between that, he formed another X-Men team to send to Krakoa that all seemingly died, and he didn't tell anybody about it. Um, and now it turns out some of them are alive, and they're really mad at him. Interesting. Oh, no! <laughs> um, he, um, recently, um, oh my god, there's freaking so much stuff here. Um, sorry this is going long. Um... Happy holidays. It's he, a it's a long episode this week. Yeah, it's going to be a long one. I mean, I, you probably could have guessed when it's freaking Professor X. Um, during, uh, in 2012, during, um, or actually, no, maybe a little bit later than that. Like, 2015-ish, maybe? Um, uh, Professor X is seemingly killed um in uh no okay okay here's what happens so it's during it's in 2012 during avengers versus x-men professor x is seemingly killed um by uh the phoenix force that like ends up uh inhabiting a bunch of different x-men um and then he uh there's a bunch of complicated stuff happens. It's like somebody uses like part of his brain. Uh, there's like part of his like psyche like attaches to the red skull uh, for some reason. Um, Why the red skull? I I don't know. I don't. We don't have time to try and unpack this stuff. Okay. <laughs> um. And then it's revealed that his soul or his, you know, consciousness or whatever is um, trapped in the astral plane. Um, and uh, he is able to escape and they, uh, he uses like... They, like, construct a new body for him, I think. Or he uses, um, he uses Phantom X's body. Um, he, he uses somebody, somebody else donates their body for him to use. Um, and he comes back to life in this, like, new, younger, able-to-walk body, um, which is... Where we are now, currently, is he is in this body, and that's why in Krakoa, if you read any Krakoa stuff, Professor X is uh, walking around on his legs, and he also has a big, huge, stupid helmet on. Um, in Krakoa, I'm going to try and do a real fast rundown of this. It's not going to make any sense, but 
one of the big reveals in the uh in Hawks Hawks Pox, arguably the the main plot line of House of X Powers of X, which is like the storyline that kind of launched Krakoa and explains like here's why all of the mutants are currently living on this big sentient island. Um it is revealed um that Moira McTaggart actually has been a mutant this whole time and her mutant power is just that she if she dies she resets back to when she was born and she's able to go through her life again with all of her memories of her previous lives um but she doesn't have any other powers besides that you know so by all intents and purposes she's like a normal person except if she dies but she turns with, into a baby except if she dies she turns into a baby um so in the current marvel timeline um this is her 10th life um and she had met Xavier many in many different situations in previous lives um had like engineered the circumstances of them meeting and had revealed this to him when they first met so th- throughout all of X-Men history secretly um Professor X and Moira have been working together to try and uh create a way for mutants to live safely, which is what ultimately led to the creation of Krakoa, which was also them working together with Magneto. So all of this, this whole time has been secretly happening behind the scenes, which is like a lot, but also it's not out of character for Professor X. So, (laughs) um, that's fine. Um, also, I'm thinking about just <laughs> if Moira uh-huh. dies and then Professor X just has to take care of a baby. N- no, so she, like, she time loops. Like, she oh, goes, she goes back backwards. To- yes. Sorry, I did not explain that clearly. Dang. I um, was so looking forward to just, like, oh, no, Moira died. No, no, she's right here. Holds up an infant. Yeah, this baby. Don't worry about it. Um... Okay, so she's like, I can go back and not die in this moment because I know to be not right here. Yeah, exactly. Um, but she ha- she can maybe only do it ten times. Or maybe this is her second to last time. It's The, uh, the number ten is very significant in... Krakoa era X-Men because it's an X. Yeah, it's, it's uh, in Roman it's, numerals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so uh at some point Destiny tells Moira that um she only gets uh either that she only gets ten chances or she's like, This is your tenth life, so you only have one more. Now like um Destiny the character or like a, a concept of destiny. No, sorry. Desti- destiny the mutant. Um, Irene Adler, Mystique's wife. Um, good to know, good to know, good to also, know. Yeah, who also in some situations just sort of represents the abstract concept of destiny. But yeah, destiny the person. Um, anyways, this has gone so long. Um... <laughs> This man has I, a lot happening. This man has so much happening to him. He does so many things. He makes so many choices. Um, I Like I said, I think Professor X is, like, interesting. Like, I, I think... I think it's most interesting when he, like, does a lot of uh, extremely, extremely questionable things, but, like, does still ultimately have, like a greater good in mind um i do find it funny that he's still considered a good guy 
Yeah, even it's in the age wild. of like, mo- even in the age of like, most villains think that they're the hero of their own story. Yeah, and it's like, and well, it's like actually, <laughs> actually, Magneto kind of was super right. Is the thing like Magneto also thinks he's the hero of his own story, but Magneto might be closer to being correct than Professor <laughs> X is. Um. Anyways, um, but like I do, I do think he's interesting and i think it creates a lot of you know interesting dynamics and friction within the x-men um but also i think he sucks as a guy um (laughs) and has caused a lot of problems for many of my blorbos that i like more than him and i'm like the I mean, I also know, like, for a fact that if you, if you, if it was like a woman, I'd be like, oh yeah, girl boss, Emma, <laughs> girl bossing it up. That's that's just um, Emma. That's just Emma. Is the thing like that's just Emma? Like we did that with Emma, and it was like hell yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's also, I don't think we can get into this because uh, the episode's gone so long, but there's it's also okay. the I didn't read that, any like, comics, so... Oh, okay. Yeah, sp- it's fine. Spend a little more time um, on this. It's fine. It'll even yeah. out. <laughs> the fact that he is... I would say the most... Like, definitely the most well-known, like, wheelchair user in comics, and, like, one of the most famous, like, wheelchair-using, like, fictional characters that exist um and that is it is definitely not always been handled great i think evidence especially by how many times they're like he's fixed now um yeah but i mean like you know like he is an interesting complicated character yeah who is not defined by the fact that he uses a wheelchair but also there's definitely like been some writers that have been way worse about it than others um ain't that just the way ain't that just the way it's comics you're always gonna get at least one writer who's like professor x is so sad he can't walk because of that alien that dropped a rock (laughs) on him that time um but yeah so i think it's as i'm i'm a little i'm a little torn on it as as far as you know representation goes but i also think it depends a lot on how he is being written um and right now he as i said is not using a wheelchair at all which i am a little uh mad about but okay we just have to if 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 comics introduce an alien named lucifer holding a big rock we know what's up yeah yeah and moira vertag is gonna be like charles look out for that alien named lucifer holding a big rock and he's gonna be like what that guy again god damn it this guy oh my god um anyways um you didn't read any comics i didn't read any comics um i feel like we should touch on everything that's happening with like the dc movie universe but also i'm just like what the i have no idea what's going on i don't know either to me (laughs) um please feel free to share your take mostly what i've been talking about so far is just me and my roommate have an ongoing game of who would be the funniest person they could recast as Superman? Um, Josh Gad. That's about. Hey, <laughs> that's a pretty good one. <laughs> it would be awful, but it would be funny. It would be really funny. It's the Michael thing. Sarah. <laughs> oh God. Um. John Cena again, but they don't say anything about it. Yeah. No comment. Um, Timothy Chalamet is the one that's really killing me right now, <laughs> to imagine. Um, but yeah, f- feel free to um, to let us know your thoughts on who would be the funniest person to recast as Superman, but also anything else about 
whatever is happening with that right now, because I really, I don't know, dude. It's whack over there. I think they want to make Jason Momoa Lobo. I was trying to explain this to my roommate, where it's like, there's a rumor that they want to stop doing Aquaman and make Jason Momoa Lobo. And they're like, she's like, so just make, just make him be a different guy. And I'm like, yeah, you can just do that, I guess. Um, I guess. I'm sure there's other people you could have be Lobo. Lobo. Um, like, I would watch Lobo, but, like, why not pick another guy? Just get a new guy. You've already um, got Jason Momoa. <laughs> oh, my God. It is, uh, it's whack out there. Um, anyways, if you, uh, if you want to keep up with us online, See when we post new episodes and all of that stuff. You can follow us on uh, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook at Capes and Japes. Um, you can send us an email to capesandjapes at gmail.com. You can uh, join us on our Discord server. Feel free to come share your opinions on whatever the heck is going on with the DC movie situation or you know share share your opinions on other things um we're happy to talk to you guys um we have a patreon if you want to support us on there you can get bonus content watch things with us help us pick what we talk about um if you can't support us on patreon but you want to support the show um leaving a rating and review is very cool very welcome very appreciated uh, telling a friend about the show if you think they might be interested in it, and uh, coming back and joining us. So uh, thank you for being here once again today on this uh, very long episode of Capes and Japes. I have been Olivia. And I have been a real ghost. And as always, Christian Bale is Superman. <laughs> but he does the Batman voice. Obviously. Obviously. Uh.